The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business, home, social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. We're live in downtown Manhattan, where the sounds of city life may join us in the studio. I consider this one of the flavors of New York City hospitality. Wherever you are in the world right now, today's episode offers you an insider's view into a luxurious spa experience that you can replicate in your own home. We're inviting you into your kitchen and garden to discover keys to anti-aging and beauty. We're going to talk about solutions for beauty and anti-aging from the perspective of living a healthy lifestyle. This means looking at beauty from the inside out including what we put on our skin and the foods we eat and also our environmental exposure. This is where you can play an active role in both your health and appearance. Your budget doesn't have to extend to luxurious spa visits and cosmetic procedures in order for you to look and feel good. Our guest is Larissa Alonso, a certified nutrition specialist. She partners with an integrative medical team at South Beach Clinic in Miami Beach. Larissa founded Nutritional Vitality, which focuses on optimizing wellness and health through nutrition and other modalities. For seven years, she was a nutritionist with Canyon Ranch, a high-end destination resort that focuses on healthy living. Larissa, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So we have a number of beauty goals outlined for today. I'd like to summarize them so we know what direction we're taking. We're looking to achieve firm, clear skin. We want to prevent wrinkles and have strong hair and nails. So the question is, how do we get there? So um, I always explain like, to my clientele that um, the, our outside appearance has a lot to do with what we're doing to our insides. And um, the reason that this is so is because when we're developing in utero, the cell line that develops our outside skin is the same cell line that develops our inside skin, our digestive tract. So it's really mm-hmm. important to take a look at the nutrients that we're putting into our body and what's going on inside that may be affecting our outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the things that we, I, I talk about when I talk about beauty, anti-aging, are um, food allergies and sensitivities. So this is one of the things that can interfere with that that process of looking beautiful and feeling beautiful on the outside. And why is that? And that's because food allergies and sensitivities create 
excessive inflammation. So a food allergy, just so everyone understands we're on the same page, is an abnormal reaction, immunological, abnormal immunological reaction to a food. So normally mm-hmm. we would not react to, say, shrimp or peanuts, but for whatever reason there's some kind of glitch in the system and the immune mm-hmm. system starts attacking that food. Sensitivities are similar to allergies, but they're not life-threatening. Food allergies are life-threatening. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, either one of them creates excessive inflammation in the body. And when you have excessive inflammation, um, think of redness on the skin, think of irritation, think of, of cells not um, uh, operating at their optimal um, functioning. So, so that's one area that can sabotage our, our beauty goals. Um, the other you, thing that... that go just ahead. one question around that. Mm-hmm. In terms of the allergies and sensitivities, do you tend always to have a physical reaction that helps you to know that you have an allergy or that you have a food sensitivity? Right, good question. With a food allergy, yes, because it's, it's life-threatening. You're going to have possibly um, hive breakout or um, throat closing up. So there's usually something pretty immediate within 30 minutes. Food sensitivities can be a little more elusive and mysterious. Um, sometimes there may not be an outward reaction, but many times things like skin reactions like eczema or psoriasis can be um, related to food sensitivities. Or it could be um, digestive issues um, if you ex- are experiencing a lot of bloating or gas or constipation or diarrhea, that could be a sign of a sensitive a food sensitivity. So um, sometimes there is a very overt uh, physical reaction um, in terms of a food allergy or food sensitivity, and sometimes, especially with food sensitivities, there not, may not be one at all. In fact, some people, when when I've done the food sensitivity testing, um, come to me with no necessarily physical symptoms of a food sensitivity, but um, just want to be healthier. And then Mm -hmm. when they do the test, we find out that they actually do. So it doesn't always correlate. There's not always a one-to-one correlation with with a a physical reaction and a food sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like at the same time, being attentive to your body, you'll be able to notice in some cases, not all cases, if you're right. having a reaction to certain foods, if there's or a bloating or, or some yes. kind of irritation. Right. And that's why it is important to be very in tune with your own body, to, to really pay attention to the signs and signals that your body has given you. Um, we often don't because we live a very hectic life, and it's not top on our list of, to pay attention to, to the signs and signals. Um, but many times our body is giving us a signal. So, and it may be in the form of, you know, not sleeping well even, and that can be uh, associated with a food sensitivity. So you really have to pay attention to, to all those little signs and signals. And the sooner mm-hmm. that you do, the better, because over time they, those things can just progressively get worse. Mm. And can you get over an allergy or, and sensitivity? An allergy, usually not. Sometimes children do outgrow food allergies, um, but uh, adults typically do not. Food sensitivities, yes, they can come and go. Um, Some of them may not be. Some of them may be more permanent. But um, if you change the way you eat, uh, certain sensitivities can disappear or you can minimize your reaction, still um, eat those same foods, but more on a minimal basis. Mm Mm-hmm. So those, that's an important key when you think about uh, saboteurs of beauty. 
Yes, so that's one of them, and that that really encompasses the saboteur of inflammation. Um, the others that that sabotage your beauty goals um, are toxins. So we're talking about all kinds of toxins, toxins that come from our foods. So meaning, if you're not necessarily eating organic and you're eating conventionally uh, produced foods, the the pesticides, the herbicides, the hormones. Um, all of those are contributing factors to, number one, increased inflammation, increased free radical production, hormone disruption, um, which obviously all affects the, the beauty of your skin, your hair, your nails. So that's one area of toxins. The other area of toxins can come from the things that we put on our skin, our cosmetics, our skin lotions, um, our sunscreen. So those two, I mean, for instance, like in, in um, many soaps and cleansing agents, they put triclosan, which is a derivative of, of Agent Orange, which has an effect on our thyroid and um, reproductive hormones. So our mm-hmm. thyroid has a lot to do with the, our skin. Sometimes if you see people with dry skin, that may be an indication of low thyroid function. So there are lots of toxins in our environment that um, also can contribute to to poor skin health um, and wrinkling and hair and nail um, health. So important to take a look at what toxins you're putting into your body um, and try to minimize them because obviously we can't get rid of all the toxins we encounter. Um, That's just part of the world that we live in, but uh, we certainly can minimize uh, the toxic load. Um, and, mm-hmm. and therefore decrease free radical production and what we call oxidative stress. So, so increasing um, uh, things that can, can uh, uh, counteract that oxidative stress. So that's another contributing factor to, to mm-hmm. uh, sabotaging our beauty. What are some places we- that folks can start in terms, when you talk about toxins, it sounds like there are a lot of places where we wouldn't necessarily have an awareness that we're exposed to something that is causing harm, that it's maybe throwing our hormones out of whack, creating skin issues. How do we start the investigative process? Um, Well, it's a good question. So, I always tell people, you know, you, you, it's a, it's a, a lifelong journey and you you should start just one place at a time. So say you want to start with, um, your, your cooking and storage utensils. Um, take a look at what you're using to cook and how you're storing your food. Um, try to get rid of plastics. Plastics have hormone disruptors, and over time plastics do degrade, and more of those hormone disruptors end up in the food. Um, look at your cooking utensils. Are you using anything with aluminum? Um, get rid of any kind of cooking utensils that are, are um, made with aluminum. Um, so use things like stainless steel, ceramic, um, those kinds of items. Um, so there's, you know, I mean, so many different areas. So you can start with your kitchen items. You can start after you go through that, maybe in five or six months, start on your cosmetics. Look at your skincare products. Look at your lotions. Look at your sunscreens. Um, do they have triclosan? Do they have oxybenzone? Do they have um, BHA? Um, you know, take a look at all those different items. And then, of course, um, being a nutritionist, for me, the most important is the food. So how are you eating? What's the toxic load that's coming from that? Um, look at, you know, um, are you buying organic? Are you, you looking for things that are hormone-free, are free of hormones that are, are pasture-raised, grass-fed, um, uh, non-GMO uh, is another important one. 
So mm-hmm. I usually instruct my clients to uh, do one area of their life at a time and work on that. A good resource is in the environmental working group. They have a lot of um, uh, information and checklists, um, ewg.org, and that's a great place uh, to start when, when looking to see how you can minimize the, the um, burden Mm-hmm. Does that connect also with the cosmetics database where you can look up ingre- in particular yes. ingredients? Yes, they have and a cosmetics database. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. They have one. I think you have to uh, give a donation and then they will send you their, their cosmetic database. Okay, and I, I know I've searched online, just Googled cosmetic database and was able to use that free of charge where the, you oh, get okay. a rating. You get a rating basically, rating. a hazard rating on particular ingredients, although, right. you know, it's not 100% conclusive because there's not necessarily enough research on everything, but it, it is a good place to start, I found. Right, yeah. I mean, all of this needs more research. Even nutrition uh, needs more research. It's a newer science. Um, it's probably, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years old at best. Um, so there's still a lot, and it's a very complicated science because we're looking at how food and nutrients interact with the body, and our body is very complicated. Um, so with all of these things, there's, there's always a need for more research. Um, so, but it's important to, to, these were things, these toxins were things that never were in our system before, and now they are, and they're not natural to the environment. So at, at, at least we should consider that something important to, to take a look at you know, why, why do we need these anyway? Are they necessary mm-hmm. for our health? Mm-hmm. So we had food allergies and sensitivities with, which lead to damaging inflammation. We have toxins which could cause oxidative stress. Are there any others that, other key saboteurs of beauty that you would include? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would make sure that you have good circulation So um, because you have to get those nutrients to the skin. Um, so enhancing our circulation, making sure that um, we're moving because that's the best way to, to get our circulation going. We spend a lot of time in, in our society sitting. Um, in fact, one of the major magazines, their, their um, cover title uh, one month was uh, Sitting is, is the New Smoking. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to kill us um, because we're, as human beings, not meant to sit. We're meant to move. Uh, and and our circulation uh, moves or, or it, it circulates through the body because our muscles are contracting. So that, that that's part of what helps. Our heart is pumping, but our muscles also help. So movement mm-hmm. is really important to enhance, enhance circulation. And then there's also the issue of preventing what we call glycation. Um, and glycation is is the process by which a sugar molecule like a fructose or a glucose bonds to a protein or a fat, a lipid molecule. And um, it, it creates like a, a kind of like a stiffness. So if you think of like um, doing, the best example is, is, is putting a sugar coating on a ham and you get this like nice glaze on it. That, mm-hmm. that is a form of like glycation or the browning of, of, um, of fruits. Um, that's kind of like a, it's called a, the, a mallard type reaction, but that's that browning is that sugar combining with a, a protein or a fat. And um, um, it's really gr- great in French fries. That's what they do in French fries. 
um, they put a little sugar and they bake it and that enhances the browning and the taste of it. But mm-hmm. those, those glycation products um, actually are very pro-inflammatory um, and can be disease-initiating compounds. So things like donuts, barbecued meats, cake, um, colored sodas all have these, these glycation, we call them ages, advanced glycation end products. Um, mm-hmm. And so not, not a good thing to have those um, circulating in your body um, because they can cause a lot of, of damage. And the, the kind of extreme example are those who are diabetics who are not um, maintaining their blood sugar levels. Um, the reason that they impart that they develop like kidney damage or um, damage to the retina is because of these glycation, um, uh, this glycation process. So it's damaging mm-hmm. the cells and, da- and can damage the nervous system. How do you distinguish between the glycation that you have, let's say for, you gave the example of a banana, compared with uh, eating french fries just from a health standpoint? Well, they're, they're both not healthy. I mean, they're just, they're, they're not. So, I mean, you don't really want to um, eat a lot of, like, browning fruit. I mean, that's, again, it's a natural process, but it's, you know, that's why you want to eat your fruit fresh. Um, not have it sitting around um, uh, changing colors. So mm-hmm. That's um, an interesting point because what I have known is in making smoothies like so many people do now, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the recommendation that I got was to use really ripe fruit. So I guess right. I wouldn't have thought a lot about, you know, having a banana that was a little bit brown and putting it in the smoothie. I would have thought that that was something actually beneficial. Beneficial. Yeah, I mean... The banana's a little bit different. There's, I, that's just, um, I don't know that that's all glycation product. It's, it's also just, I mean, it's, it's just browning. It's a very, very ripe banana. Um, but when we talk about, like, the mallard reactions, you, you think of more of, like, um, uh, apples and how they brown if you just let them sit out mm-hmm. and they kind of get, like, mushy. So that's that caramelization, that browning is, is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely worse in things like French fries and donuts. The amount of glycated end products in those pro- uh, uh, food items are much higher than, um, and, the, and then the temperature has a factor as well because it accelerates it, uh, that glycation. So mm-hmm. it's definitely worse in these fried foods, um, things like donuts and barbecue meats. Um, but yes, in general, I mean, it's better to eat fresh fruit. So, and the way this affects the skin is that um, this, this has an effect on your collagen and elastin. So your collagen and elastin is what keeps your um, uh, skin um, plump. So you think mm-hmm. of a baby and their skin is like a grape. And then as you mm-hmm. age, it becomes more like a raisin and eventually like a cornflake. So what mm-hmm. we're trying to do is prevent that from happening. Um, and the advanced glycation end products basically start to destroy that collagen and elastin. So mm-hmm. you age faster. Mm. So the bottom line is eat your food fresh. <laughs> We're yes. going to go to a brief commercial. When we come back, Larissa will talk more about strategies for achieving your beauty goals. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. 
Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, speaking with Certified Nutrition Specialist Larissa Alonzo. We talked about saboteurs of beauty, specifically food allergies, food sensitivities, toxins, and also the impact of sugar. Larissa, based on these saboteurs, what are some strategies you can suggest for beauty and anti-aging? So we talked about enhancing circulation. So, um, so, and I mentioned exercise. That's really important. Hydration is also uh, another important key to um, enhancing circulation. And when I talk about hydration, I don't mean just water. Um, we've been, I guess, told and educated that we should be drinking somewhere between six and eight glasses of water. And there technically is no scientific evidence that that's really accurate. Uh, we really just need to stay well hydrated. And how do you know you're well hydrated? Well, my test for that is take a look at your urine. And if it's light yellow to clear, you're good. You're hydrated. And we can hydrate with water. We can hydrate with tea, herbal teas. We can hydrate with soup. We get uh, water from the food we eat, from vegetables and fruits. So, you know, we don't have to just stick to water as, as a means of hydration. Um, I definitely don't recommend hydrating with um, products that contain sugars or um, dyes or colorings because that really is counterproductive. I just w- with regard to hydration, would you say that some people need to be more hydrated than others? We all are biochemically unique. So yes, I mean, if you're an athlete, you're going to need more hydration. If you're outside and sweating a lot, yes, and you'll probably need more hydration. Um, so, and depending also on how you eat, you may need more water. I mean, we need water to to actually metabolically process our food. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it is very, in some ways, very individual. Mm -hmm. So how do you determine how much hydration you need? I know you mentioned looking at your urine and seeing how clear that is or not clear. Of course, we might have a sense if we're feeling dehydrated or if we have dry skin. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're having a sense that you're dehydrated, you're you've gone too long, or you're not hydrating enough. I mean, you waited. I mean, that's already a a a signal that's that's you know you should have been doing something way before that, um, because you've already reached a point of 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 not you're not hydrating well enough way before that. So Mm -hmm. so using thirst is not really a good way of determining when you should be hydrating because you've waited mm-hmm. too long. Um, I, I just think that probably looking at your urine is the best way um, to see that you're well hydrated. Um, you could also, there's the, also kind of like the, the skin test. You could, t- if you take the back of your hand and, and um, pinch it, um, and if it kind of bounces back, then you're also pretty well hydrated. If it kind of stays um, a little bit pinched or peaked, then that's also sometimes an indication of a lack of hydration. Um, mm-hmm. Dry skin may or may not indicate well someone who's hydrated or not um, because there can be other reasons why someone's skin looks dry, thyroid, low thyroid function. So that's not necessarily always a, a great way to um, determine hydration status. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too on the flip side of hydration, when you look at dehydration, it seems that that's an, another area to explore whether or not we're engaging in practices that are causing too much dehydration, like, right. like consuming right. caffeine or mm-hmm. um, other things that would be dehydrating. Right. I mean, it's it's important to take a look at what you're doing, or you know, what I find most of the time people are maybe dehydrated. They're not they they're not conscious of drinking um, throughout the day. They they mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I keep forgetting. Um, the water bottle is on my desk, but I don't drink anything, or um, I can go get water, but it's on the other side of the, the building, and I'm too lazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's paying attention to what you're doing throughout the day and, and um, being conscious of it. What, do you, what, do you, what can you do to avoid having to use the restroom so often? I think that's probably one reason <laughs> that people don't drink well, so much. Yeah, some of it is... is um, uh, be, your body becoming accustomed to, to drinking more and eventually your your um, bladder will be able to hold more and you won't have to go to the bathroom as often. Um, but, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just part of... I mean, it's good because it's also very cleansing um, um, to, to have to go to the bathroom. So, I mean, to urinate, that's a way of our body cleansing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know sometimes it can be an inconvenience, um, but... You know, it's it's important to stay well hydrated. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of enhancing circulation, you mentioned hydration is one important strategy, right? And exercising is important. Um, so, and there's a couple of things that can help to enhance circulation in terms of. And this goes back to the inflammation. If you keep inflammation down, you enhance circulation. So, things like fiber and omega threes that can reduce inflammation are helpful for also enhancing circulation. Everything is connected. Um, mm-hmm. So those two can be very helpful. So your omega-3 fatty acids you can get from um, fish, particularly um, high in omega-3s are the wild salmon, the trout, North Atlantic mackerel, sardines, anchovies, um, also flax seeds, walnuts, pumpkin seeds are really good uh, for omega-3s. And, of course, if... Um, you're not a big fish eater, then the other option is to um, to uh, take a fish oil supplement. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all of so basically, the omegas you mentioned keep inflammation down, which helps circulation. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Because if you think mm-hmm. of like, let's say your vessels are your blood vessels are inflamed, then you're narrowing the passageway. Right. So, if you can keep inflammation down, then you can have better blood flow. Mm-hmm. What about using a body brush for enhancing circulation? Yes. Um, yes, that helps. Uh, massages help as well. Um, the body brush uh, help actually helps more with lymphatic flow. Um, uh, it always helps uh, circulation as well, but I usually tend to emphasize using the body brush when I want someone to um, enhance their lymphatic flow. So your lymphatic system kind of runs, um, it's like a circulatory system, but for waste products. And the, it, unlike the circulation system, it does not have a pump. So the only way that lymphatic flows is because of movement, muscular contraction. Um, so things like massage and body brush can help with lymphatic flow as well. And that's a great thing for the skin as well because, you know, you want, if you want clear, beautiful skin, then you have to make sure whatever toxins you do have, you're getting out of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yes, massage and body brushing can help. Going in the water in the ocean, the wave movement in an ocean is wonderful for lymphatic flow and circulation. Um, it's almost like not having to do exercise. You just let the waves uh, move your circulation. So that's also a great way to enhance circulation. Mm-hmm. Does acupuncture help also? With circulation? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there. you know, with Chinese medicine, it's not like Western medicine. They don't necessarily put needles in you on at certain points because they're trying to specifically enhance circulation. They're trying to balance the body out, but one of the effects may be to enhance circulation. Mm-hmm. So you talked about omegas as an aid to minimizing inflammation. Are there any other supports that you would recommend for minimizing inflammation? Sure, yes. Um, Number one, avoid overeating, which many of us do um, because we're rushing through our meals. We're not paying attention to the signals that our body's giving us. Um, We eat too quickly, so we tend to overeat. Uh, And overeating can increase inflammation. So slow down, chew your food, um, count the number of times you chew each bite of food. That's really, really important. Um, reduce inflammation-causing foods. So things like we talked about the glycation end products, the advanced glycation end products, so barbecued meats and donuts and sugar and um, white flour and, and processed foods um, create more inflammation in the body. And if you've got food sensitivities and you're not paying attention to them, um, it's important to do that because that will reduce inflammation as well. And then on the flip side, choosing anti-inflammatory foods. So I talked already a little bit about omega-3s and fish. That um, Those can be anti-inflammatory. And then also there's some great spices and herbs, turmeric, garlic, ginger, um, rosemary, um, are excellent as anti-inflammatory enhancements to your food, as well as fiber. Fiber is also really important to, to minimize inflammation. I know that sometimes people have a hard time digesting fiber, So, and I've read that it's helpful to have an incremental approach in terms of increasing fiber so this way your body can adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for some people, that, that can be very important. It's also important to make sure you're still staying well hydrated, um, that you're drinking enough fluid. Um, so 
I find that the easiest way to, number one, begin increasing fiber is to add it through food items such as legumes and beans and um, fruits and vegetables. Um, That's the first place to start. And then another great way to increase fiber is by using flax seeds or chia seeds. Um, Those can be a great way to also enhance fiber. So intake. So yes, you. For most people, it's a good idea to probably start out slow by increasing their intake, if, especially if they've not had a diet that has a lot of fruits and vegetables and beans. Um, that it's mostly been like processed foods, um, flour products, things like that. Then, then they probably want to start off a little slow and also make sure that they're they're staying well hydrated. They're getting enough fluid um, to help. Um, with the fiber intake. Larissa, what about oils? That's something that really comes to mind when we talk about inflammation because I know certain oils are help you reduce inflammation and certain oils actually cause inflammation. Right. So I mentioned the omega-3. So those oils in particular are really good for decreasing inflammation, EPA, DHA, GLA, um, those are, are really important oils for decreasing inflammation. And in general, most people are not eating enough fish. I usually recommend um, eating fish three to four times a week. Um, and again, if you're not doing that, then you may want to consider a fish oil supplement. The oils that tend to be more pro-inflammatory are your plant oils, so your corn oil, um, your sunflower, safflower oil, your canola oil. Um, those are ones that I encourage you to minimize um, so that, again, you've got this balance of, of omega-6s, which is what's mostly in the plant oils and which is more pro-inflammatory, and the omega-3s. And that doesn't mean that we don't need omega-6. We do need it. We do need um, uh, omega-6s in our diet. But in general, the American diet has way too much omega-6 in it. So, again probably why we see more inflammatory issues in our society. I was really concerned about the plant-based oils that you mentioned because they're in, they tend to be in even baked chips that people might consider to be more healthy and other types of chips that we don't always pay attention. We're looking at fat, fat content. We're looking at the number of ingredients, but I think we don't always realize that those particular oils, the safflower, the sunflower, the canola, are in products that we may perceive to be a little bit healthier. Right. They're, they're pretty ubiquitous. I mean, they're, they're less expensive to use, so that's why food manufacturers tend to use them. But you'll find them in pasta sauces, in uh, food bars. Um, you'll, you'll find them everywhere. So, um, yeah, and that's one of the reasons that, again, Americans are, are consuming too many omega-6s. Um, because they are in in almost everything. Um, Omega-9s, which are in olive oil, are more kind of a neutral oil and are very heart-friendly, so that's another good oil um, to also use. Um, Coconut oil is great, actually, for the skin uh, as a moisturizer as well as for eating purposes. Um, It has a little bit of a... a, 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 It helps with metabolism, so that can be another um, good oil to incorporate um, into your nutrition. Mm-hmm. It, it brings to mind eating out because mm-hmm. in a lot of restaurants, I know certain restaurants I stopped going to because of the oils, and I think we were reacting to the oils, not so much 
maybe the other ingredients of the food, but more the quality of the oils. Oils. Yeah, and the other thing that, I mean, you don't know when you go to eat out, you know, how long have those oils been sitting around? Are they maybe slightly rancid? And you can't tell rancidity by smell. Um, An oil is probably going rancid before it actually smells rancid. So, you know, and if it's fried items, how many times are they reusing that oil? Um, So, yeah, I mean, you don't know, uh, especially when you're eating out, um, kind of what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know a lot of restaurants do use olive oil, or maybe you can check in to see what oils are used and sometimes ask for a substitute because usually olive oil is on hand. But when it yes. com- it's interesting that it's used a lot for hot foods. And my understanding is that it's best to use olive oil for cold foods not or room temperature, but not necessarily for heating. Yeah, you can still use olive oil for cooking. Uh, you just have to mm-hmm. be careful that you don't um, overheat it and reach its smoke point. I mean, that's definitely important not to overheat any oil. I mean, you can do that with any oil, whether it's coconut oil or olive oil. If you overheat it and it starts to smoke, then you're damaging the oil and um, creating free radical production. So, I mean, no matter what oil it is, you want to be careful. But you can use olive oil for cooking. I think it's a misconception that olive oil can't be, that it it has such a low smoke point, and that's actually not true. Mm -hmm. So something like a medium flame? Or medium to yeah, low flame. Right. Mm-hmm. Larissa, you talked about um, antioxidant uh, in relation to toxins. So I'm curious to hear more about increasing antioxidant capacity. Right. So that's important to reduce inflammation, to protect the skin from UV damage, to protect your skin from aging. So how do we do that? We want to minimize exposure to toxins, which we talked a little bit about. And then you want to choose fresh, unprocessed plant foods. So this is where we emphasize, you know, a lot of plant food in your diet. Um, And you want to create a very colorful diet. So you don't want your diet to be brown and white, just brown and white ingredients. Um, And some of the key antioxidants are going to be things like vitamin A, C, and E, selenium, alpha-lipoic acid, and acetylcysteine. Um, so, you know, everything that's got color in it, your strawberries, your red peppers, your kiwi, um, your leafy, dark leafy greens. Um, and I, I, I call that your, your inner sunscreen. So if you spend a lot of time outside in the sun, um, if you, if you take in those types of nutrients, you can actually reverse that, some of that damage from the sun. Um, so really important to, to include those. In fact, there was one study where they had two groups of people who um, want, they put them, they were out in the sun and they were told to kind of basically burn a little. One group, they, they didn't give them anything, and the second group, they gave them three tablespoons of tomato paste. And the group that got the tables, three tablespoons of tomato paste, the next day um, they weren't red anymore, they didn't hurt. Um, so that just shows how powerful antioxidants can be in terms of reversing damage. Um, so you want to make sure that, that you get uh, plenty of antioxidants. And one of the, the main antioxidants in tomato is the lycopene, which we often hear about in terms of men's health. But it's, it's an, a powerful antioxidant for anybody. Mm-hmm. So even oh. if damage has occurred, there's still an opportunity to turn it back a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, you know, doing a, a vegetable juice, is a great way also to do that. I often encourage that if you've been out in the sun and you maybe got a little red or pink, you know, come inside and drink a green vegetable juice and, and you'll have the same effect um, as, as in, in this study of, of the three tablespoons of tomato paste. 
So we started the conversation into our luxurious spa experience. We talked about coconut oil. We talked about tomato paste. We're going to go to a quick commercial. When we come back, we'll talk about ingredients in your home that you can use for anti-aging and, and beauty, some additional ingredients. We'll be back in two. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by certified nutrition specialist Larissa Alonzo. We talked about strategies for maintaining firm, clear skin and strong hair and nails, as, as well as preventing wrinkles. Where we left off in our conversation, we talked about the benefit of coconut oil and also tomato paste. Larissa, are there other ingredients that we have in our kitchen or garden that we can use on our our skin to bring the luxurious spa experience home? Sure, absolutely. I mean, um, even though I talked about glycation and um, how we don't want sugars interacting with protein and lipids, um, we can use that in actually in a healthy way for our skin. Um, Definitely with glycation, we want to keep our blood sugar stable, so meaning we want to make sure that we have good quality protein in our diet and some fat. Um, and then also to prevent glycation, make sure you're steam poaching or boiling your protein foods or making stews is a good way to, to cut down on glycation. But we can use sugar um, to enhance our beauty um, by making scrubs. So um, we want to basically, we can either use actually sugar or salt. And when you make these kind of body scrubs, they're actually best used on the body, not on um, your facial skin. Uh, your facial skin is more sensitive, and um, the rougher edges on sugar and salt um, can cause microscopic, microscopic scarring on your skin. 
So you actually want to use something that's uh, more rounded and smooth on your facial skin. But in terms of body scrubs, sugar and salt are great. Um, the, it, it helps to get rid of dead skin cells. And you're basically going to make uh, a massage paste with it. So you can use a variety of oils um, depending on, on your skin type. So, uh, for instance, almond oil is a great lubricator of skin. So if you tend to have more drier skin, that's um, an oil that could be used to lubricate the skin. Borage oil helps with cellular regeneration and purportedly is good for stretch marks. Um, coconut oil is extremely emollient, so if, if you've got super dry skin, um, then coconut oil might be the option for you. Jojoba um, is the wax from a bean, and it doesn't clog pores, so if you tend to have, uh, or you tend your, or your pores tend to clog easily, then that might be an excellent option. And then there's also avocado oil, which is also um, ideal for, for dry skin. So basically, you're going to either choose sugar or salt, and then an oil, and um, you mix those together to create a paste, and then you massage that vigorously over the entire body. So this is not only helping get rid of dead skin cells, but also enhancing circulation, lymphatic flow, getting rid of those toxins, um, and taking good care of yourself. So, um, so this is, and it can make your skin tone more even, less rough um, uh, from the, from the doing, by doing something on the outside. How often would you recommend doing a scrub? Um, I don't know that there's any set rule for how often you should or shouldn't do it. I mean, it, it depends on your skin tone and what's going on. Um, but, you know, once a week might be good. Um, but if, if, if you're finding that you, you need it more because you're, you're I don't know, say you're a swimmer and you're always in that chlorinated water, um, that might be um, a reason to do it more often. Um, or if you're, you're doing a lot of activities outside and you're sweating a lot, um, that can be a great way to kind of cleanse the skin. So, you know, it just depends um, what's going on uh, in your life. Or if you live up north and um, in, the, in the winter season there's a lot of, of heat, so your skin tends to get drier because of that. Again, this can be another great way of hydrating your skin and, and um, creating more even tone. Is there a particular kind of sugar or salt that you would recommend? Because I know the granules can be different. If you're using, let's say, a, a Himalayan sea salt that you're grinding uh, versus a table salt. I'm just right. curious I mean, about do, that. Yes, and you do want to get uh, a sugar or salt that, that's a bigger crystal. You don't want, like, fine necessarily salt or sugar because you want that scrubbing action. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily buy the most expensive. You don't necessarily need to spend buy the Himalayan pink salt because you're not, your body's not absorbing any nutrients. You're just using it as the scrub. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of money on the sugar or salt part of it. Mm-hmm. So the sugar or salt doesn't necessarily need to be along the lines of what you would buy to ingest. Right, exactly. No, no. I would save mm-hmm. your money, buy the Himalayan pink sea salt to eat, but not to create a scrub. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that this is also safe for women who are pregnant? Yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using any of these scrubs for anyone who's pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant. I mean, there's, and, and the great thing about this is that you don't have to worry about any chemicals or artificial preservatives or anything in these I mean, you're making it yourself, so you know what's going into it. 
So, um, and there's no perfumes or dyes. Um, so that's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. So we have exfoliation. I know, uh, I read that Christy Brinkley said that's one of her secrets to looking so amazing at, yeah. uh, I guess it's 60 plus that she is. Yeah. yeah. That she, yeah, because she's a, very big rough, on exfoliation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause a rough, uneven skin tone can make you look older. Whereas if you've got nice skin tone and it's even and, um, it, it just has a, a glow to it. Mm-hmm. And that process also, as I understand, it allows new cells to emerge. Right, right. Because you're basically enhancing circulation too. So you can't create something new without nutrients being delivered. Mm-hmm. So we have scrubs that help with exfoliation and skin renewal. Are there any other ingredients that you would recommend for other purposes like cleansing? Sure. I mean, there's so many things in your kitchen that you can use. You really don't necessarily have to go out to the pharmacy or drugstore. Um, honey is a great um, uh, um, food to use for your skin. Um, you can use honey um, to heal burns, wounds. Um, it's also great as a, a simple facial mask. So you can apply honey to your face and you leave it on for about 15 minutes and then you wash it off and um, it's great as an acne treatment. And the reason for that is that because honey does have like an antimicrobial property to it. So um, it can help with, with acne um, because acne is basically caused by an excess of oil in the skin. And then that, that oil that sits there um, creates a blockage and an infection and bacteria build. So uh, honey can, can help with acne. And I've had clients who, who swear by the honey for an, as an acne treatment. Um, they've used it for years, and it works really, really well um, as an acne treatment. So that's a very – and for that, too, like the sugar, you don't have to buy the most expensive. You don't have to buy the Manuka honey to do a honey facial. Um, you know, you do, I, I do recommend getting a clean honey, um, but, you know, you don't have to buy the most expensive type of honey. Um, so that's one option to use. When you say of, clean honey, what do you mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, a good raw honey. Um, but there's lots of raw honeys out there now. It's, um, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be local honey or anything like that, um, just something that is, it hasn't been processed. Mm-hmm. And do you need to dilute it in any way, or would you just Not put it all. on your face as is? Not at all. Yeah, just use okay, it straight from the jar. And that's good for moisturizing also? Uh, it helps clean the skin. I mean, essentially mm-hmm. what it's doing is helping clean the skin, getting rid of bacteria, because like I said, it, it has antimicrobial properties. Essentially what it does is it, it attracts water to your skin, and then there's an enzyme there that converts the water to hydrogen peroxide, and hydrogen peroxide we know is antimicrobial. And that's how honey works on burns and wounds, because it's actually um, sterilizing the burn or the wound. Mm-hmm. Is that similar to coconut oil? Because I know uh, coconut oil has antibacterial properties. Yes, it does. But coconut oil also haps, happens to be um, very moisturizing. So honey, mm-hmm. n- not as much. Um, the coconut oil is, it has both the property of being antimicrobial and um, moisturizing. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of women use it for taking makeup off. The uh, coconut oil? The coconut oil, oil specifically. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way and to I, take off makeup. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. I've used this for 
uh, just putting on a, a cotton pad and using it to cleanse my face, actually, even after I wash my face, and I'm amazed at how much dirt comes out after comes I've up. washed my face. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's um, some dirt can be kind of really embedded in the skin, so it's it's really kind of a great way to, to get that embedded dirt out of your skin. Mm-hmm. So we talked about exfoliating. We talked about also helping with acne through honey uh-huh. and moisturizing and cleansing with coconut oil. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Sure. There's also um, things like uh, avocado. Avocado oil is uh, actually a patented treatment for some forms of dermatitis. It's good for eczema um, because it's rich in vitamins A, D, and E. Um, it's great for sun salt and chlorine-damaged hair. You can use it as, as a conditioner in your hair. Um, so so that's uh, avocados are great. Um, also, um, cucumbers are wonderful for any kind of swelling under the eyes or for sunburns because they're primarily water, and they also have ascorbic acid, which prevents, and caffeic acid, which prevent water retention. And I basically tell my clients to blend up the cucumber and then use it um, around the eyes or wherever they're feeling kind of swollen. Um, so that's another uh, great tip for um, skin beautification. Um, carrots also as well, they, they enhance the health of the skin and repair damaged skin. So you can liquefy carrots or even tomatoes or sweet potato and apply that to the skin because all of those are rich in carotenoids. Um, so, you know, go crazy for carrots. They're really good for your skin as well. How about um, nails? For your nails, I mean, yeah, I didn't specifically say anything about nails, but any of these things are, are good for, for your nails, your hair, um, whether you're eating them um, or, or, or absorbing them somehow, um, they're really good. I mean, anything also for nails, anything that's moisturizing can be good, especially if you've got dry nails. So, again, the coconut oil is great, jojoba oil, um, you know, any of those things to keep your nails uh, moisturized are really mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. Nails also can be, uh, looking at nails can tell you a lot about the person's health, so um, that can also be affected by what you're taking in, what you're um, consuming, what, what uh, food items. So, you know, sometimes I'll look at nails and um, uh, wonder if there's an issue with, like, let's say protein digestion if they've got ridges. So is there something going on with their digestive system and we need to enhance their digestion? So nails are, are also very indicative of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have just about a minute left, and I'm listening to you thinking that it would be great to offer a recommendation for how to find someone like you, um, because not all nutritionists um, have this approach. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of detail that you apply in your work and your process working with clients. So do you have any recommendations for finding a nutritionist that has um, this integrative approach that you've been discussing? Sure, absolutely. So, yes, basically I come from kind of the functional medicine um, arena when it comes to um, uh, doing consultations. So you want to look for someone who, like I have the certified nutrition specialist um, certification. Um, typically, anyone who has that certification has uh, has to have a master's degree or above. Um, so I think that's one thing to look for, a master's degree, but then on top of that to look for these other credentials such as a certified nutrition specialist 
or a CCN, a certified clinical nutritionist, also who typically has gone through extra training, post-graduate uh, training in the arena of functional medicine, functional nutrition. Um, Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. And I'd also wa- I also want to share your information since I know that you provide services on a global scale, both virtually and in person. So if you'd like to contact Larissa to learn more about her services, you can call her at 800-325-2307, 800-325-2307, or you can email her at nutritionalvitalityforme at gmail.com. Nutritional Vitality for Me, and the for me is spelled out F-O-R-M-E at gmail.com. Thank you for this wealth of information, Larissa. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And until then, we invite you to keep the dialogue going by following us at, at Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. As always, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi with Turn the Page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then.